Great. So I'm City Centre Chaplain here in Peterborough. I also work as an artist and I love to write and part of the Light Project. On Friday, it was a miserable old day, wasn't it? And I met with my team. We meet in Argo Lounge, ready to go out uh, to three pubs where we serve as chaplains. Over the years, we've made 35,000 beer mats for three different places, asking people if we can pray for them. And it was a bit of a miserable old day, and as we gathered, I just um, sat there with my team before we prayed, and I'm, I just put this on. And uh, as I was putting on, people were looking at me like I was a little bit odd. I don't know why. I don't know why. I said, because of um, health and safety uh, with the Light Project, it's a little bit miserable, so we're all going to have to wear one of these today. Now, half the team, this is really disturbing, half the team believed me. Um, it's quite fetching, don't you think? Do you like it? I've got spares. So we're looking at seven marks of being an ambassador for Christ. But this is who we are. It isn't something that you can do to become. It's who we are. Each one of us. You see, if we are a follower of Jesus... We are an ambassador. It's our identity. And what flows are these characteristics and marks that Paul outlines for us in 2 Corinthians. I don't know if you picked up on one of those songs. It declared this. The God of heaven lives in me. So to be an ambassador is to take note of our identity. It's it's a bit like, if you want to know Jesus more, you can look at some of the spiritual disciplines, like fasting, solitude. Uh, You can can look and see how you can draw, but you can't earn it. See, we're loved, full stop. So if you are a follower of Jesus this morning, you are an ambassador. And what I want to bring to you are seven marks to remind you that this really is who you are, that the most beautiful, powerful, compassionate, loving, joy-filled, healing man who has ever lived, will ever live, lives in you. That each one of us has the living Christ in us. And I want to remind you of that this morning. So they are seven marks, and I hope they will encourage you and remind you of your identity. Now, before we look at these seven marks, I want to tell you a little bit about what I do. Um, I'm the founder of something called The Light Project. We have a college. We love to train people. Last weekend, I was training our team of students. Wendy, who's one of our students, for her work that she's doing on the module that I was looking at, looking at the arts and media and in evangelism. She um, is looking to creatively engage with people in the nursing home that she works in and the care home. Now, when Wendy graduates, she will be 80. Uh, We also have younger students uh, who train with us. And uh, all kinds of people train with us in letting others know the good news of Jesus. And there's uh, information at the back. I've also brought some books. I've written various books. Uh, The one that I'm really excited about is about Philip, Philip the Evangelist. It's a book that uh, recently uh, was published. It's a novel based on the life, one of my heroes, Philip uh, the Evangelist, and uh, there's some copies 
at the back. I love, I love it when people get what I've got as a follower of Jesus. I love being an ambassador. I really do. I love it when I'm able to say, this is what God is like. And people go, oh, I get it. Or this is what the good news is like. This is uh, something that we did when it was mega cold, although it feels like it's been mega cold for a long time. (laughs) We gave uh, free woolly hats and scarves and put them on some trees and some hugs as well. And people wanted to know why. Well, why are you giving this stuff away? And it was just so good to represent, to be able to say, well, this is a little bit about what God is like. He's kind. He's caring for you. He's close to you. I love to paint, and I love to paint in uh, the Draper's Arms in Weatherspoons. I've painted hundreds of uh, paintings for people. Occasionally, I paint out on the streets. This is one that I did recently, uh, and it was a prayer for Peterborough that as we hold up heart-shaped hands, that the glory of God would fall upon the city. It was a big prayer, but it was, uh, it had a bit of a fan of a little boy. <laughs> so big prayer, little boy. He loved it. He loved it so much that he came right up to it, like right there. And it, I'm using acrylic paint, so I'm like, oh, you need to step back a little bit. And he was there, every brushstroke, he was there. He loved it. So I did a chalk line on, on Cathedral Square, chalk line. Right, you, you, this is, you can't come too close. But he, he stepped over it. He loved it. He was like, oh, that's so good. That's amazing. I said, do you really like it? He goes, I love it. I said, if I was to give this to you, so to the little boy, if I was to give this to you, where would you put it? He said, I'll put it in my bedroom. Oh, I know where it would go. It would be so good. And I looked at his mum, I said, listen, come back in five minutes and the pitch is yours. I'd love you to have it. Now, uh, Alex didn't come back in five minutes. He came back in two. <laughs> and he was right there again. So I quickly finished it up. It was still wet. And he, he was telling his mum how much he loved it. He loved it so much, he got one P out of his pocket and put it on the ground. <laughs> I was like, he's paid for it. He's paid for it. So it definitely is his. So I take the painting off the easel and just give it to him. I go, here you go. Just be careful how you carry it. And his mum's standing there and she's going, what? What are you doing? What? Why are you? I said, oh, it's, uh, it's for your son. Is that okay? I'm really sorry. I didn't... Is that all right that he has? You can't give us that, she said. Alex has just taken it and he's waving it around. He's, he loves it. And I say to him, Alex, keep hold of it because like, when I'm dead, that's going to be worth millions. And he's like, yeah. But his mum says, but, but I thought you meant come back and take a picture of the picture. Not give us the picture. I said, you know what? You need to remind, you really need to be reminded of something that you are loved by God. And this is a simple reminder to you. He loves you. He knows you. And she started to cry. Not because it was such a bad painting, I hope. But no, she started to cry. And she gave me a big hug, two kisses on each cheek, and said, thank you so much. And off she went. But I thought about that encounter, that little boy, Alex. He just loved, loved the painting. And how he just took it 
Uh, but for his mum, she couldn't kind of get it. It was in her mind that she was just going to take a picture. But Alex just took it. Just took it. It's And as we look at these seven characteristics this morning, my prayer for each one of us is that we'll be childlike. We'll take them. We'll receive them. Not try and work them out. Like, how do we get my head around this? Uh, being an ambassador. But I can't. Look at my sinfulness, my weakness. Look at... But to be childlike and say it's mine because of what Jesus has done for us. Undeserved, outrageous position of being an ambassador for him. An ambassador is someone who represents a diplomat, a diplomat sent. He's a promoter of a specified activity. We are ambassadors of Christ. Well, what are the marks of an ambassador? The first is they fear the Lord. They fear the Lord. I don't know if you picked up on that very first verse that David read to us as we gathered to worship. Did anyone hear it? <laughs> it's okay, you won't get in trouble. Uh, it was from 1 Peter. 1 Peter 3.15, perhaps the most famous verse on being an ambassador for Jesus, because it says this, always be prepared to give the reason for the hope. But that's only the middle bit of the verse. You see, the first bit of the verse says this, set apart Christ Jesus as Lord of your heart. Set him apart, worship him, fear him, love him. And I just wonder whether this morning we have forgotten that lavish awe and love and fear of the living Christ. We need to fear him, to be in awe of him. In one of the books that um, I've written at the back, it's called Smackheads and Fat Cats. A bit of a creative title. It could have been called How to Be Really Good at Sharing Your Faith, but no one would have bought it. So, uh... And in there it says, well, what is evangelism? What is being an ambassador? An ambassador and to do evangelism, well, that's an overflow of my devotion to Jesus. All right. That if it, if it just becomes a thing, a methodology, oh, I'll be an ambassador, I'll take, I'll take this seven signs off the bookshelf, I'll just have a look at it. If it is a thing that we try and do, it doesn't flow. We need to start with worship, worship of Jesus. Secondly, ambassadors can be misunderstood. Verses 12 and 13 declare this we are not trying to commend ourselves to you again but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart if we are out of our mind as some say it is for God if we are in our mind if we are in our right mind it is for you you see what we've got here is Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. We haven't got their reply, but they would have replied. So there would have been a bit of a toing and froing of letters. And you can imagine one of the letters is saying, Paul, you are crazy. You're out your head. What, what are you thinking? And Paul's coming back to them saying, well, some say I'm out of my mind. I wonder, are you willing 
to be misunderstood as you explain what you've got? Are you willing for people to say, are you crazy? What, you believe there is a God? You believe Jesus is alive? What's the matter with you? Are you mental? You know, are we willing to be misunderstood? People who, um, who are brave enough, brave enough to still let others know what we believe, even if we may be misunderstood. I uh, don't know if you've uh, come across this film. Have, have you seen it? It's a bit of a spoiler in the title. They buy a zoo. <laughs> it's a cracking film. Uh, we bought a zoo. There's a wonderful quote in it. It says, you know, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. Are you out of your mind? Insane courage. Just literally 20 seconds of just embarrassing bravery. And I promise you, something great will come out of it. Ambassadors are compelled by love. I was uh, part of a stag weekend uh, over the summer. One of my students was getting married. It was a very dignified affair. Uh, lots of kind of water, sports swimming, coffee. It was, it was just very sensible. Unlike the hen party that wasn't related to the stag party, there was about 25 women uh, across the campsite from where we were staying that loved to drink until the small hours of the morning. And they liked bubbles. Uh, at two, two in the morning, they were doing lots of bubbles. Uh, and we just ignored them, because they were like the hen party. We were the stag parties. We just ignored them. Like, I just kind of went, morning. And that was it. And all weekend, we're camping there. They're camping over there. They're noisy. We're trying to be a little bit sensible. Time of prayer for Andy's getting married. And... Uh, yeah, it was just great. It was a great weekend. But I didn't talk at all to the hen party. It just didn't feel right with the stag party. They're the hen party. And I just, just didn't talk to them. And I'm packing up, packing my stuff, end of the weekend, ready to get a train back home. And I feel the Lord say, go and bless the bride-to-be. And the first thought is, what? How am I going to do that? So I look in my bag and I've got a scrappy card from the works. And it's a bit dog-eared, so I kind of flatten it out a bit. Bit dog-eared. And I write a blessing for the bride-to-be. I write some verses. Write a blessing. I write, write. My, heart's, my heart is thumping, but I'm going to do something insanely courageous. I'm going to be brave. And I want to love this bride-to-be. Because I've ignored them. I've ignored them. I haven't been an ambassador at all. And I go, right, right, lads, um, I'm going to go and give this card to the bride-to-be because it's got a blessing. So I go over to where they're camping and the lads are watching me. I could not have gone at a more inappropriate time. <laughs> it was a blazing hot day and uh, I went over as they had decided to put on sun cream. One young lady's just standing there with a pair of pants on. So I walk over and I'm like, hi, I've got a, well, I've got a, I've got a card for, for the bride-to-be. Bride and uh, shall I come back? Shall I come back? And they said, no, it's all right. And I'm thinking, is it? Is it? And then thankfully, as I turn to talk to them, the lady who's standing there just with pants holds her bosoms. Just cover them up, just holds them. She's standing. I'm like, right, um, I've got 
I've got this card um, for the bride-to-be. Uh, you see, I'm a Baptist minister. It's a, bit, it's a bit like being a vicar, I said. At which point, the lady standing there like that went, I think I'll go and put something on. <laughs> she came back. So they said, what is it? I said, oh, it's a blessing. You see, I want to bless you. I want to, to bring something that will encourage you, that will strengthen you for your wedding. You might want to read it out on your wedding. I don't know. You might want to. And they said, so what have you written? So I tell them what I've written. I said, so what do you do with that then? I said, I can pray that for you. So said, yeah, would you? And I was able to pray a blessing, to be an ambassador, heart thumping, thinking this is crazy, but wanting to love. Ambassadors are compelled to love, as it says in verse 14. Fourthly, ambassadors have conviction. (laughs) Verse 15 says this. Uh, Verse 14, sorry. It says, for Christ's love, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced. We're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. I want to ask you a very simple question. Do you believe that Jesus died for you? You see, we know it, don't we? We know the story. It's a big story. For God so loved the world. Do you believe he died for you? Like, really? Have you got that conviction? Because I want to remind you that he did. You see, you can look around and go, oh, I can see Jesus died for, but for me? To be an ambassador, we need to live that truth, that we are loved so much that God would give his very best for you. He'd give his very best for you. We live as people who have been chosen, chosen, each one of us, chosen. Would you have that conviction? Fifthly, ambassadors don't regard people from a worldly point of view. This is something I still just can't get my head around. Last Friday in the pub, I've done this beautiful, pretty little painting. I think it's for the lady that I've spoken to at the coffee machine. She looks gentle and lovely. She's going to want, want my picture. And I'm sitting by a guy who's got his face buried in a book and he's drinking a pint and he's making no eye contact with anyone. Now, the lady that I've seen at the coffee machine, I go and offer the painting. She says, go away! I'm like, oh, sorry. I don't mean to shock you. She goes, I don't want that. I was like, oh, it's, um, it's, it's just a, a simple prayer painting. I'm an atheist, she says, and you are bothering me. Go away. I wasn't expecting, that's not the usual reaction I have with the paintings. I was like, oh, okay, I'm really, I'm really sorry. And as I step away, the guy with his face buried in the book, drinking a pint, goes, excuse me, excuse me, are you a chaplain? You chap- can, can you can I have a word? I was like, yeah, mate, of course. And the, the painting, it's from Psalm 23, and I'm holding it. So I sit down. He goes, I need help. You see, I'm just taking a break. My dad's in hospital. He's dying. Uh, what do I do? What do I do? When he dies, what do I do? 
It's like, what do you mean, like, practically? He goes, yeah, yeah, who, who do I talk, what happens? Did, did, I, did I give me some paper? Did I? And my dad died six months ago, and I was able to talk through what I'd gone through with him and the things that he should expect. <laughs> and it was just terribly practical. But I'm holding this Psalm 23 pretty painting in my hand, and I say, mate, this is going to sound weird, but I thought that was for someone else, but I think it's for you. He goes, what is it? And we read it together. So this is um, an old poem that is often read at funerals. And I think it's for you. He said, you know what? This was meant to be. Sixthly, ambassadors live in the future new now. Let me say that again. Ambassadors live in the future new now. So verse 17, Paul declares, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, where's it gone? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. So Christ ambassadors believe fully in the one who says, Look, I make all things new but they're still aware of the old, but they live in the new. They've got eyes for the new. In other words, they're still able to have faith for the new reality of Jesus making all things new, I'm a new creation, and still walk with the same, the habit, oh, the stuff, the old stuff that still comes up, oh, the old. But they have faith for the new. In other words, they're willing to believe in who they are and wait for the sanctification to catch up. But they're willing to believe that they are new. I wonder, would you dare to believe that you have been made new by Jesus this morning? Celebrate it, love it, walk in it, go, I'm new, I'm clean, look at me. All that old junk, all the old stuff, all the old habit washed clean, made new. They live in that future new now. Lastly, ambassadors are reconciled to God. Verse 19. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them, And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. When I said the old stuff, what came to mind? The old habits. What came to mind? What what do you need to be reconciled to God with? What do you need to give to him to say sorry for? What is it that is stopping you being reconciled to God? Of enjoying that wonderful closeness, that beautiful intimacy where you can say, I am an ambassador for Christ because of who I am, because of who I am. Let's pray.